This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that promises not to increase its interest rates anytime soon. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me is Anirban Mahanti. Good day, Doc. Good day, Captain. How are you? I'm very, very well, although mm. if I had a mortgage, I do have a mortgage. It's a little bit more painful today. Mm. Let's get to that in a minute. So up, up and away, the banks pull the interest rate trigger. Back in your box, economic bears. I'm going to... Oh, well, Toronto Rant is not exactly a high horse, but the economy's in pretty good health, I think you'll find. And speaking of good health, we're going to talk about ASX valuations, which are, should we say, high, extreme, bubbly stuff? What do you think? Well, people keep saying so, you know, those sort of things. We'll have a look time. at that. We'll actually uh, also, specially and fittingly for the Triple M audience, we are thunderstruck with ACDC possibly listing on the ASX. Plus, you're going to get on your high horse, and we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to this one because you give me a little bit of a hint, mm. and I like what I'm about to hear. I so love I'm, high voltage. Oh, there you go. A bit of high voltage rock and roll. <laughs> We're uh, not quite back in black, but we'll, uh, we'll keep the puns rolling as we finish off the podcast. Mate, let's start with, well, if you're a bank shareholder, you're probably at least nonplussed. If you're not a bank shareholder and you have a mortgage, you're probably a little bit, we'll say annoyed to keep it PG. There's out of cycle rate increases going on right across the banking landscape. All of the banks have the last two weeks, except for at the time of recording, and maybe this will change by the time we finished, NAB have all put up their interest rates. Everyone's going to be paying a little bit more for our mortgages. Mm-hmm. Mate, what is going on? Well, my mortgage rates went up much before that. <laughs> I'm a bank. You're the Queensland. wrong bank, dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, um, well, what's going on is basically the wholesale funding cost has gone up. Oh, okay, and to stop it. Yeah. Wholesale funding. Wholesale funding. About that. Okay, so this is you know um, the Australian banks when they lend out money, yep. they use money from the depositors, mm-hmm. right? So depositors' money, which is essentially Australian money, let's say. Well, then, the cost of that's not going up because I'm still getting zero exactly. point zero one percent. Yeah. So my, the cost of that savings. is not going up. Let's All say right. that covers forty percent of the lending. Okay. Uh, the remaining, let's say, 60% of the lending comes from other sources. So where the banks are going to basically borrow from what they call the wholesale money market, okay. right? Um, typically, that might mean you know borrowing some locally, borrowing overseas, mm-hmm. right? And if the interest rates overseas go up, yep. the cost of borrowing that money also goes up. And we have talked about this before in we the have. podcast, where essentially we have said that the U.S. interest rates have been, or the U.S. Federal Reserve interest rate has been going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now higher than the Australian interest rate. Amazing, hey? it's amazing, which basically means that the cost of borrowing money overseas has gone up. Yep. And the, you know, the banks essentially, I would say, that actually, the banks have been nice <laughs> in a way. I mean, they've been. Very, I don't think anyone's uh, ever said that, Doc. Well, you are, you are, don't walk down the street of people throwing things at you. <laughs> well, I should be careful. Well, well you know. <laughs> Most of the you know most Australian investors probably yeah. do own bank shares. So that's true. Uh, through <laughs> so, super fund or directly so, uh, through super funds or directly. Yeah. And um, I mean, these guys have essentially not increased the rate for six months, and okay. they, you know, and they have essentially you know bared the cost. So you're saying they could have been justified in doing it earlier, but they, they could finally have, yeah. lost all choice. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, um, I think there's, you know, talk that you know banks are being unreasonable and so on. Well, but if the costs of doing business for them goes up, you know, they have to pass on, pass on some of the costs. They're af- after all the business. They have to answer to a bunch of people, yep. including shareholders. So, um, yeah, I mean, nothing. I wouldn't say this is not unreasonable. Yep. But this is expected. I would expect interest rates to go up even more over time. So, yeah. Okay, so that's bad news for anyone listening with a mortgage. Oh, well, it's bad news for uh, me, for you. <laughs> both, both, both true. We're a little less happy now, but we kind of... Look, you and I... Well, I'll say I'll talk about me. I'm happy to bash banks pretty much 
any and every time I get the chance to when they've been unfair. Yeah. This is one I kind of feel... Scott Morrison kind of tried it last week, and I don't really think even he had his heart in it. It's kind of hard to say that this is anything but justified, right? For all things they do badly and wrong, and there's plenty of all of that stuff, including the uh, fees for no service and charging dead people, this one is kind of one of those things where they're completely (laughs) justified, right? I I think so. I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, with the the finance uh, minister and the the treasurer and the the, uh, the prime minister, you know, they can say what they want. They're probably, you know... (laughs) They're saying things to keep the the electorate happy, which true, is true, which true. is their job. But but I think as you said, it's pretty justifiable here. I, I mean, one could say that you know, hey, um, you know, maybe they should pay a little bit more on those deposits too. But if they paid a little bit more on those deposits, then they're you know the the difference that they make it right. goes down even more. Well, the so, rates have got up even further, right? So exactly, be careful what you wish for. So exactly. So if yeah. you wish for your deposits to go <laughs> deposit rates to go up, <laughs> be willing to pay uh, more for uh, for you know loans you have. So. Um, yeah, I, I think on balance, I mean, you know, it's a fair call. I mean, it's not a huge raise. I yep. mean, you know, so, yep. you know, all of this between 14 basis points to what, like 17 or 18 basis points? Give or take. Give or take. So, And the basis point, so people know, is point something of a percent. So yeah. you, technically, the, the maths boffins would tell us you can't say rates have gone up by 0.25% because the percentage increase in what you're paying isn't the same yeah. as the increase in the yeah. interest rate. So we talk about basis points to try and explain that it's the, it's the percentage – Number that goes up rather than the, the, your B pants going up by a certain amount in exactly. dollar terms. Yeah. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, speaking of percentages, speaking of dollar terms, you mm. like that segue that was seamless. <laughs> Very Listeners seamless. are thinking, Phillips, he should be on radio. He's that good. But he is on radio. Well, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> not, not, not like Liam. Liam. Liam actually does the rush Liam, hour with MG. Yeah. Liam is calling the football on proper radio. Okay, yeah, that's We true. just get to use the studio that's empty at the moment is pretty that's much right. how this yeah. works. We get kicked out when the studio's <laughs> <laughs> When real people have to come <laughs> and do real radio. Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> let, let's move right along. Uh, mate, the economy is in bloody good shape. I know. I, <laughs> there's nothing that annoys me more than vested interests and people who've... You know the John Maynard Keynes quote, when the facts change, I change my mind, what do you do? There is so much of the commentary out there on Twitter and in the newspapers and on radio and television who keep saying, the economy's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this welter of massively great news, but if I pick out a single data point or the bloke I talk to at the fish and chip shop or the greengrocers, he said things are bad, therefore it's bad. Every piece, of, almost every piece of news about the economy is positive. The data is uniformly positive almost. And yet people are still clinging to this hopefully, hopelessly outdated notion that the economy is doing badly. And we had GDP this week. And tell me what that said. Well, the GDP was, uh, we had GDP growth of what, like 3.4%. That's pretty that is astonishing. astonishing number. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like that, uh, just to be <laughs> anyone would, any, if you ask someone outright, what would you want GDP to be to be healthy? Yeah. You'd say, oh, couple high percent, twos, you know, high two, yeah, 2.5, you know. Three and a half percent yeah. it's, almost. It's, it's like, you know, it's like a cracker. Right. So, and, and, uh, and, and the interesting thing is that I think here's the problem, right? We haven't had a recession for like, like you know, maybe a decade. And, and therefore people just think that Mate, the recession. 20, 25 years just quietly. Oh, well, 25 years. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. sorry. What was I Huge. thinking? Yeah, 25 years. What was I thinking? Yeah, 25 years, um, you know, like a quarter of a century. Wait, there, there are 43-year-olds who've never had a recession in their working lives. Yeah. So, so therefore, it's very natural to think that, you know, something must be around the corner, right? Right, I suppose. Uh, although there's no predictive power in the fact that we haven't had one, therefore there should be one, right? <sighs> you know, there's no predictive power there. But, you know, the interesting thing about the uh, the GDP numbers, at least the one that 
um, you know, came uh, bubbled up to me is that mm. consumer spending was up. Mate, I've seen people on Twitter all the time saying the ABA should cut rates. They've got to stimulate the economy. I say, on what <laughs> bloody basis? Spending, exactly. Consumer spending is up. It drives me mad. So, um, I will give a shout out to one economist I, I'm on Sky News with occasionally to give myself a plug, which is kind of bizarre. Um, Stephen Roberts from Alexander Funds Management has been uniformly bullish on the economy and almost everybody has been negative. He points to the fact that not only is spending up, household income mm. is up 6% year on year. So not individual income. We know that yeah. one of the one of the laggards is, is wage rises. Not a mm. lot of us are getting pay rises relatively commonly. It seems to be hard no, to come I, by. I, can I get one? We'll talk about yeah, that afterwards. Okay. <laughs> uh, they, they seem to be hard to come by. <laughs> Excuse me. But household income, in other words, more people are working and getting paid a lot more. Households are better off. They're spending more money. Businesses are better off. The tax coffers are better off. GDP is up. What the hell are people complaining about? Yeah. Well, you know, we can always complain about things. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of niggles. Oh, um, come on. Uh, come on. Just, just, just do, you know, you, you're, right, you're, you're overly enthusiastic here. So, you know, let's overly? Te- yeah, let's just temper it down Appropriately, a bit. Appropriately, I would have said. Okay, appropri- I, I, I agree. The, the results were <laughs> results were really good. Um, I think one complaint people had is, you know, wages are flat. Mm. Um, so, uh, that, if you combine that with, um, with say, uh, you know, interest rate increases and so on, that might have some impact yeah. over maybe the long term on consumer spending. But Again, consumer spending is pretty healthy. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about anything here. All right. It's all very sunny and nice, and the beach is beautiful. Now, of course, that doesn't mean bad things aren't coming down the pike, but we've got to keep things in perspective, is my, is my general Yeah, point. absolutely. I'm absolutely. not going to keep going because I don't, this isn't my rant. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll put on my best ABC newsreader voice and say the economy appears, I'm based on the data, to be doing reasonably well. Very good. All right. <laughs> Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Speaking very well, mm. the telco sector. Man. Can I can I get a seg out of that one? I don't think so. Mm. We talked last week or the week before about the Vodafone TPG merger. At the time, we said it was likely or possible or maybe going to happen. Mm. So we did all that kind of good stuff. It's kind of now been, an, well, it hasn't kind of, it's been announced. Mm-hmm. The deal is going through. David Teo gets to walk away with a very nice chunk of change and a special dividend being paid. Yep. Uh, the current shareholders of TPG end up with just under half of the newly merged Vodafone TPG entity called TPG, mm-hmm. with the current owners of Vodafone getting the lion's share of the business. Mm. And telco shares across the board went up on the news. Mm. Everything was going to be wonderful. All of a sudden, people were going to be more rational. It's been a week, a week and a bit now. What do you make of the telco space in the wake of this, assuming it goes ahead, putative merger? Mm. So, uh, I mean, you know, as you said, in this deal, uh, the TPG shareholders are going to own, like, what, 49.9% of the business? Correct. The Vodafone guys are going to own, you know, they remain of just, like, basically 0.2% more than the others. Uh, <laughs> which they, makes all the difference which, in, which, in, uh, in the legal world, in because the if you own half, you are, more than half, you are in control. Yeah. So, basically, they get to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, um, so... Uh, we have talked about this before, uh, in, and, and many times. And you know, this was one of the you know, it's, it's a stock that we actually have recommended uh, in multiple services. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it makes sense. There, there were synergies ahead of this deal, right? I mean, um, um, TPG provides the fiber connections to the Vodafone uh, mobile right. towers. Right. Uh, this is like you know, so therefore, combining the two makes sense, even just from an infrastructure point of view. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, TPG doesn't have to then go and spend money building its own network. You know, it can actually augment the already pretty good Vodafone network. I use Vodafone. It's okay mm. most of the time. Um, <laughs> oh, it's pretty good most of the time. Um, and I think so. The, it's it's good. It creates a formidable force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're saying it's going to be the third force in telco. Uh, to me, it's almost like the second force in telco. Um, I mean, uh, behind Telstra. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
I think, okay, so, I mean, there's a lot of good things here. I mean, they could, you know, they, they, there could be some cost synergies, dangerous word synergy, but <laughs> in the, there could be lots of, you know, cost synergies. The the thing is, um, what's going to happen, is this going to be TPG or this is going to be Vodafone? Is is, is the entity actually right, going to, it's going right. to be called TPG, but is it Vodafone? And here's the thing, yeah. see, TPG is a, such a stronger, more dominant business. Yeah. It has the whip hand in this deal. In fact, TPG has to give back about, 800 million bucks in dividends to shareholders to make it small enough yeah. to be 49.9% yeah. of the deal. Otherwise, it would have been just over 50-something percent. Yeah. So this is a very, very obviously structured deal, which does deliver Vodafone uh, the, the the majority share by kind of dint of corporate shenanigans in the background, the kind of the, yeah. the engineering that we talk about. This is structured very specifically for that purpose. Yeah. Is TPG trying to get out? Is Vodafone trying to get in? You know, See, I, I've uh, always said that yeah. I thought I always thought TPG would take over Vodafone. I thought we either kill it or take it over. Yeah, this this is structured like a Vodafone takeover of TPG, no. but only because of that eight hundred million bucks worth of cash being paid back to shareholders. It's a, so I also thought so, and I always thought that TPG is going to. You know, as I was, you know, I'm exactly you know, in, in agreement with you. It looks to me that. Maybe David Thieu, and he is taking a little bit of a backseat here. He's mm. not going to be the CEO anymore. He's going to be executive chairman, right. I think. Um, so that's a change. And the Vodafone CEO is going to be the CEO. Do they have some, you know, in terms of board board seats and so on, they have mm. arrangements like that. Mm. It, this, to me, uh, the way I look at this, this is like maybe Thieu's last, like, hurrah. Um, right, he's okay. basically saying, well, you know, I create a bigger empire. I ensure the future of TPG. Mm. The combined entity would have a long, you know, lasting future in this country. Mm. Um, and maybe they can... You know, and in, in maybe in the due course of time, it, you know, Vodafone has got businesses in other parts of the world. Maybe mm-hmm. there are opportunities there. Um, somehow, um, mm-hmm. uh, I understand they're structured differently, but um, maybe that's the deal. And maybe he wants to take a back seat. I mean, he has been, uh, you know, doing this for, and he is taking yeah. a back seat, yeah. kind of. So, I mean, oh, he's giving up control. He's this giving is, up this control. Is a big, big deal for TPG. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I think it makes sense. I mean, if the combined entity is run well, it could, you know, if it retains some of those, you know, TPG genes in it mm-hmm. or DNA, should I mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. Uh, then I think, it, you know, it's going to be overall probably good for the consumers, um, you know, maybe competitive pricing and so on. And it's going to keep uh, Telstra uh, under check. Mm. Um, so, uh, I mean, I have mixed feelings about this, really mixed yeah. feelings. Bottom line. Is TPG a buy, sell, or a hold for you at the current price, given the structure and given the deal that we know? You know, TPG was always a buy for me because of Theo. Right, I, I mean, right. for me, Theo was a big deal, and the fact that he has so much so much shares and control. He is locked in with the shares for, I think, two years or something like mm-hmm. that, post the deal. Yeah, but, uh, 80% of his shares. He gets to sell 20% of them. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, still, 80% is still a substantial <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's exactly. a lot of money. Um, yeah. I... I would be cautious of buying TPG at mm. this point. I mean, you know, there's a, a bit of uncertainty here, and the shares have run up uh, a fair bit uh, on the on on the news, or had run up. Have not yeah, seen right. exactly what it right. has done. So I, I'd rate it as a hold. Um, if if I if I owned it, I wouldn't sell it, okay. um, but uh, I wouldn't be rushing to like buy more. I completely agree. We actually downgraded it from buy to hold it. Share advisor recently, partly because of the uncertainty, partly because, as you've already mentioned, we liked TPG. Uh, we liked TO's TPG. Yes, we're not sure that we like the Vodafone TPG. So we'll we'll just see what happens with the price and see what happens with the business and go from there. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's move across to speaking of high prices and things having run up. Let's talk about ASX. Valuations, just very quickly, we, we mm. can't do the whole thing justice, but I want to say as a result of earnings season, there are some pretty nosebleed valuations. Now, you're a, you're a kind of a growth guy. You don't take a lot of heed to valuation, and yet I think even you might be able to see that there's some 
Yeah. Uh, do we call it a barble? Can we call it that? Or do we call it overvaluation? Do we call it uh, irrational exuberance? What do we call what's happening in the tech sector in particular? So, uh, I mean, you know, the tech sector has, has run up, and we've talked about this, uh, you know, partly in the uh, in the podcast before. I mean, one of the mm. problem uh, problems investors face is that if if you have a sector that has got, you know, underlying some interesting underlying characteristics with the provide them, you know, some long term long term opportunities, then uh, you know, eventually people start taking notice, and when people start taking notice, sort of the multiples get bid up, right? So yeah. that sort of happened. I would say that there are pockets of, you know, which appear to be overvaluation in the tech, mm-hmm. um, but. The other thing that I think the markets in general have problems is just thinking about long-term compounding, you know, possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you can if you can compound at you know thirty percent rate or twenty five percent rate for like ten years, that's huge, mm. right? Um, so that's effectively like doubling, you know, every three years kind of thing, right? Mm. Um, so I think the tech sector can, can do that, but I do mm-hmm. think that you know they they look uh, expensive. But again, some of the, some very good firms are in. Uh, um, in in the tech sector overall, so I mean it's you know I guess what you need to do is need to um, uh, separate sort of the uh, the wheat from the sort of the you know yeah. the you know, chaff. The kind I of find thing. that really hard, mate. You, you've you've been more active in the tech space than I have as an investor, and that's probably appropriate. I I the one thing I'm pretty sure about, I think I've said this before, is that if you add up all of the expectations from all the investors in all these companies, someone's going to be disappointed almost by definition. Yeah. The market is not going to be big enough, I don't think in tech and fintech in particular to be able to absorb the the optimism of everybody. Yeah. So some almost by definition there has to be losers. Such other valuations now of some of these companies. Yeah. And it just worries me a little bit that I, I look, you know, you, you want to have a bit of risk in your portfolio, you want to take some chance, you want to back some winners. I think that's fair. I just think there's gonna be a whole lot of disappointed people when the time comes to pay the piper. That, 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 that's, that's true. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Liam Flanagan, hit us. (laughs) Doc. Yes. It is your turn Mm. to join us in the starters gates. To mount your steed. And to salute the starter as you take off, hit us. All right. Okay. So one of the fascinating things nowadays I find when I go to investor, I was actually at the ASX uh, small and mid cap conference uh, yesterday. Okay. Um, and uh, listening to the tech session, the one theme that was pretty consistent across the session was mm-hmm. we had a recurring revenue business. Which is great. You love what? recurring revenue, right? Uh, Software and you know, service, hey, recurring revenue, it's, re- all, it's all great. Re- recurring revenue is great. So you're going oh, to tell us how good recurring revenue is now, right? Re- recurring revenue is great. But here's the deal. Oh, here we go. Isn't Woolies recurring revenue? Everybody comes back to Woolies. You know, isn't Coles recurring revenue? Everybody comes back to Coles. Hey, Guzman Gomez is recurring too. <laughs> <laughs> people come back to have burritos. Our favorite burrito shop. <laughs> people come back to have burritos. So just the fact that people come back doesn't make it recurring. I mean, there's like there's this thing now that every business somehow wants to showcase that it is it is recurring, right? I mean, do you have contracts locked in? Do you do you really have um, uh, contracts that can't be broken? You know, our this podcast pe- is. Re- What's that revenue? Uh, we're recurring. We're recurring. We do it every week. We're, we are a recurring <laughs> podcast. So, so uh, you know, the, the finer details, right? You know, do you, do people pay you a year in advance mm-hmm. for the service you're going to provide, right? And how long is your contract? And you know, how tight is your contract? And mm-hmm. how many people are leaving those contracts? So those things matter. And then there are some businesses which are 
definitely not. They're software businesses, but they're not recurring in any way. Um, and and it's just bizarre how you know you know management and and folks you know just say you know, hey this is this is recurring and just just to ride the recurring you know software as a service. Surely not going to do it just because they want to get higher valuations. Oh, of course, why not? I mean, why wouldn't you not? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's you know you know it's a bit you know disingenuous mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but it's just the. It's just the theme, and you know, it ties in with the stuff that we were talking about, you know, ASX mm, darlings mm, and so mm. on. So yeah, so be very wary. I'm, I tend to be, you know, very careful and, re- and 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 you know, put my extra watching glasses on and my magnifying glasses on when somebody says, "Is it recurring?" Right? And and you know, and let me, let me just say, that not all recurring revenue are the same or are equal. <laughs> <laughs> so just be careful. So. Do you want to add something to it? I no, I will. I will, I will leave it there because okay. if I do try and add, I will. I will probably on my own high horse. And <laughs> frankly, this horse isn't big enough for the two of us, Doc. Uh, You've whipped it with an inch of its life, and we probably should let it have a little bit of time off. Okay, we'll come back to it next week. In fact, it's my turn next week, so I want it to be nice and rested. So when I mount the high horse, it's ready for a long and. <laughs> I think is that uh, displeasure, Liam? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Is, is, is that enough? <laughs> All right. Fools, thank you very much for listening. That does wrap us up for this week. But before we go, don't forget you can subscribe, and you should, we think, to the Triple M Motley for Money podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And if you like what we're doing, give us five stars. As they say, if you love us, tell your friends. If you don't, don't tell anybody. Leave a review. Good yeah, review. Only, Love, lovely only review. Lovely yeah. review. Yeah. 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 And don't forget, you can get a dose of foolishness straight to your inbox by going to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. That's it for this week's Motley Fool Money. We'll be back next week with another dose of foolish insight. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.